Wednesday morning draft drafters. It's hump day, and this is kind of becoming a thing for us, I think, dude. I think Wednesday might be a new day for us to kind of bang out a show almost every week, except sometimes it's going to be in the morning where you're drinking coffee and I'm drinking other stuff, and then other times, well, you might hear a different noise. But that, that's not happening at 9.47 on a Wednesday morning. Yeah, this coffee here, though, it's it's saving me today. It's hard to get out of bed, if you know what I mean. I don't know why. <laughs> well, it's the middle of the week, and you, know, you have to go do other stuff after this. You know, this is the fun part of the day for both of us, and then we got to go do other things. Because you know what? As much fun as this show is, it doesn't pay the bills yet. There will be a day when we, we can do this and just talk football all the time, and that'll be glorious, and the rest of y'all will get sick of us. But in the meantime, we had some we got some things to talk about today, dude, because stuff happened yesterday. It is officially uh, the day after cut day in the NFL. Now, yesterday we talked about college football and all the craziness that was going on over there and different teams and all that kind of stuff. Now we get to talk about the craziness of the pro game and all of the guys because this year was the year that they changed things up to where instead of going from like 90 to 80 to 65 to 53, we went from 90 to 53. So several hundred players hit the market, hit the the, the transfer wire, hit the, the free agency you know, been yesterday, and we kind of need to talk about what happened. Uh, we'll look at both of our team sets and see what we think are the biggest ones. We're both going to comment on all of them because each team had something that that's worthy of talking about. So let's start with the AFC North, like we always do, with your team. Roll, rock and roll there in uh, Cincinnati. All right, I it, I don't know that we got an actual format here. I'm not going to go through <laughs> all their cuts, but uh, you know, no, I might no, rattle yeah. off a couple names and mm-hmm. then just kind of say what I think my biggest cut is here. So just we'll get that out of the way. So. Sure. It, although it may not be their biggest cut, the the mm-hmm. first one that jumped out to me was Jackson Kirkland. Okay, he, sure. he was a you know he was a rookie this year, um, mm-hmm. undrafted guy. But I don't know, I, I I didn't mind him coming out of Washington. He played quite well, and I thought that mm-hmm. was one of the better undrafted free agent signings. I know that over the years they've you know, put a lot of money into the old line there in right. Cincinnati, but people have gotten hurt. I thought he had a really good chance. So that's probably the one that stuck out the most to me mm-hmm. just because I thought he could be a good developmental project. And who knows? He might end up on the practice squad. He's going to end up on somebody's oh. practice squad. Right. Um, another one was a very late round pick last year and Jeff Gunter, a guy that I thought was a great late day seven, maybe high priority undrafted free agent from mm-hmm. post uh, Carolina. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that one stood out a little bit. I mean, another developmental defensive end guy, but I think their sure. biggest one's probably Jake Browning. I mean, mm-hmm. he won that backup QB job not too long ago, and I'll be honest with you, I think I'd have to. I need to go like check out their depth chart. Who is their backup quarterback that, now? Jake Browning. Browning's the backup. They cut him, didn't they? No, no, he's he made the team. They got rid of oh, Simeon did instead. He? Yeah, they got rid of Simeon instead. Oh, okay. Maybe I looked that wrong. I apologize. Well, like I no, said, you're it was good, a little man. hard to, a there's little a hard to wake up today. Don't know why. But there's also a lot of chop and change going on. There were there were players that people said, Oh, this guy's cut. Oh wait, no, never mind, just kidding, he's not cut. It's like because so, you, you try to smash that information out there so fast. So I guess what you're saying is if he were cut, that would be the biggest surprise. So I would have been <laughs> accurate in that statement. So I'll yeah, stick with Jackson, Jackson Kirkland then for my sure. biggest surprise cut for the, the Tigers. Yeah, and it would not surprise me if they end up with uh, with him back in the practice squad. But what I liked to see for Cincinnati, dude, are both of uh, a couple of our favorite like 
later round wide receivers with Charlie Jones and Andre Sovius managing to hang nah, on. We knew they knew they they've been playing great, man. Nah, I know, but it's like it made me happy to see those guys. Talk about there. a deep wide receiving core, my goodness. Yeah, the only challenge for Chase, those two guys, Higgins, mm-hmm. Boyd, and the two you just said. Right. Wow. Sorry, Erwin Trenton. I'm sure you're a good dude too. But Inspect, the only challenge now for these guys is how much how much time are they going <laughs> to get? How much playing time will they get with the other guys in front of them? But it's nice to have depth and not be stressed at certain positions in the NFL, there's no doubt. Moving over to Cleveland, the Browns, you know what? The Browns are the first team we're going to talk about that started a new trend at NFL Cut Day, and that's the kicker trade. It's just like there were like six of these, right? Uh, Kate York got cut, and so the Browns uh, traded for Dustin Hopkins for the uh, Chargers because Hopkins lost the kicking competition in uh, in L.A., which is funny in its own right, given all the issues the Chargers have had in the past with kickers. But, I mean, York was a fourth-round draft pick last year. And, again, we talk about how you don't usually spend higher draft picks on kickers because they seem to have – like, we talk about running backs, right, and, and all of the variance in that position and how quickly guys can be moved on from. But, man, kickers – you can have a great season, you can have a terrible season, and you're gone. You can have cue, a good game. Cue the eye roll. Now, well, but here's the Sorry. thing. You got, yeah, the best example of that, though, is another Chargers guy, Young Hoku, who was cut from the Chargers and now is like a almost a perennial pro bowler over there in Atlanta, and it's just crazy. Uh, so that was a big one. Uh, they also got rid of Tyrone Wheatley Jr. It's a little name for uh, for some Go Blue fans. Uh, so they they left him, or they gave him up to the uh, the Patriots so that they could have some more O-line depth. but And the reason why we're talking about these guys is because, for the most part, every other every other move they made, it seemed like where the team's roster is at was what you expected. You know, Cedric Tillman, you know, hung on the back end of the, the wide receiver group. Uh, I was really happy uh, for Dorian Thompson-Robinson to be, you know, kind of christened the backup to Deshaun Watson, partially because I, I, was, I was a fan of that guy in college. And I look forward to him developing as he goes through it. But is he, he's a mirror image t- styled quarterback for what Deshaun Watson is. Obviously not as good as Watson should be this year. Uh, but that definitely gives him some consistency at that position. We saw other teams that maybe kept a backup that was nothing like their starter. That makes things interesting. But otherwise, Cleveland, good luck with the kicker situation. Kickers. Whew. All right. I had to Pittsburgh here. And you know what's interesting is that there wasn't a ton that's there, there's okay. There, there are a ton of cuts. <laughs> there wasn't anything that stood out significantly mm-hmm. to me that made me raise my eyebrows. But um, what I will say, and this a couple Michigan players, you know, um, Lavert Hill, I thought had a chance, mm-hmm. maybe being a developmental guy. I know they lost some guys in the secondary camp. Sutton, they lost right. to the Lions. So thought there could be some opportunity there, but I was kind of surprised they only went with carrying two tight ends, I believe. Another Michigan guy thought Zach Gentry might have a shot being in the league for like three or four years now because mm-hmm. it usually takes tight ends a little bit to get in there. So a little shout-out to the Maize and Blue boys. <laughs> but if I had to pick one, mm-hmm. um, it, it might have it been Tanner Muse, the old safety from – Clemson, who ended up being more of a linebacker in the NFL, and I only say that because I felt like there was some opportunity there. I mean, I mm-hmm. I know they got Quan Alexander, who is really good, but mm-hmm. how how long's it been since he was really good? Cole Holcomb's right. flashed. I mean, Landon Roberts is flashed. I know they really like this Mark Robinson guy, who's really young, but I, I don't mm-hmm. know. 
Well, again, he had a chance, but nothing super. Yeah, but he's more of an outside linebacker like guy. So I I don't know. I thought that as far as a pure inside linebacker, he might be a good depth guy, but. Mm I don't know. Long story short, there, there was nothing that jumped out to me that was a crazy cut for them. Right. The big thing for Pittsburgh, it looked like, to me at least, was what they did with their trades because they got rid of both Kevin Dotson and Kendrick mm-hmm. Green, for, Green for picks to uh, the Rams and the Texans. And so that's more the big thing for them is they managed to get value out of guys that they didn't see the same value in. And that's that's the hallmark of a good organization. As much as I'm not always a Steelers fan, they they at least made the right choices what they thought was going to help them out. Now, that being said, both of those players could still contribute at the places they got moved to. Baltimore Ravens, they, I mean, I guess one of the big things was they, they stuck with Tyler Huntley, who had a little bit of up and down at the end of last year for, uh, for them when uh, Lamar was hurt. They stuck with him as the backup, so they obviously felt better, I suppose, uh, about that. I say better just because you know, it's always fun when you're trying to, to parse through those types of picks, but... The biggest uh, notes for me otherwise, looking at that team, obviously our, our boy Zay Flowers is going to be a starter, so it's nice to see that. Um, it was fun to see a guy that was lower on the depth chart that moved into a starting lineup as a rookie, uh, Mavasala Alamevalalu. Right, I totally messed that one up, but you get my point. <laughs> their their guy guy jumped Too in. Too early a, to say anything like that. Right. Man. Rookie left guard uh, from Oregon, big guy looking to move, move the pile. And then the other big note for me was I was looking kind of on the back end of the roster at some of the moves that were going to happen in the running back room for them. And Melvin Gordon, who was a big deal a couple years ago and now is 30 and apparently useless, got cut in favor of Keaton Mitchell, who's a guy both of us really like. And so it's good to see Keaton Mitchell getting a shot, even if it's at the expense of uh, somebody that uh, people have some name recognition for. But I'm looking forward to seeing what Mitchell can do, because when you look at J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, he is very much a different back from those other three, and I'd like to see how they, they float him around the formation and get the guy some touches because he's just explosive. All right. I'm going to go to Tennessee here, Dan. I'm a th- so this, again, you know, there's it's really strange. There are mm-hmm. a lot of teams that had some surprising cuts, and then there were some that are just like it all made sense. Mm-hmm. But if I had to pick one for Tennessee – it might be Chance Campbell, and I don't know if you even mm-hmm. remember Chance Campbell, but um, he he was he wasn't going to be like a don't get me wrong he was never going to be a starting linebacker, but sure. a year ago in the draft he was pretty darn athletic. But this was a guy who was pegged to be like a super you know special teams ace, mm-hmm. if you will. But um, if I remember correctly, he had some type of a knee injury though that probably led to the cut. Mm-hmm. So on one hand it would be extremely surprising, on the other hand it wouldn't mm-hmm. if it was due to do a injury. But um, right, yeah, I mean I I fully expected him to to make the roster. So hope it's weird to say hopefully it's just a knee <laughs> injury. Hopefully it's not yeah. a knee injury. But right, because um, I mean even when you look at Tennessee's linebackers, like t- tell me if any of these guys moved the needle for you as far <laughs> like Jack Gibbons. Aziz Al Shahir, Harold Landry's more of an outside edge rushing like right. linebacker, uh, backup inside Monty Rice. That's a fun name. Luke Grifford. Look, see what I'm saying? All I know is I'm happy Caleb Murphy made the team. Caleb Murphy did make the team. He's going to be a backup for Harold Landry. Well, yeah, right. And again, Murphy very much the the guy we talked about, the Ferris State mm-hmm. boy who just lit, the, lit Division Two on fire. But that's the thing though, lit yeah. Division Two on fire. And the fact that he was able to come out and uh, and perform the way that he did 
was was great to see. The other thing that I found notable outside of you know the the other usual pieces with the rookies was that Will Levis is the third stringer right now, according to a lot of people. Yeah, of course he's going to be. But that's a departure from what we talked about at the beginning of the, the I think, of the offseason when a lot of people were wondering whether or not Malik uh, Willis was going to even make the team. But it looks like he's made a lot of strides uh, to, to get better under center. Obviously, Will Levis is the feature of this team, but at least Willis, I'm happy for him hanging on and still having a shot. Yeah, I feel like Malik Willis will just continue to like always be the backup there. And then <laughs> it's like once they... You know, once they move on from Tannehill, it'll be like Levis will jump Willis, and Willis Willis is just the two there, if they feel like. But we'll see. You never know. Right. Willis is a great dude. We're rooting for him. Well, and here's the thing. I mean, he's he's that guy that for at least the next couple of seasons, everyone's going to think he has enough talent and we can unlock it and something, something, something uh, to keep him around. So good for him there. Team that's uh, trying to figure out what they're doing with their talent. Indianapolis Colts. Um, you know what? They they still haven't figured out what they're doing at running back. They did put Jonathan Taylor on the pup list, so we know that he's out for the first four games. Uh, while they maybe keep trying to trade him, I don't know. But what I found interesting was when you look at, uh, they were one of a couple teams, when you look at their running back situation, I mean, they've got Zach Moss is technically their lead back, and he's hurt right now. So really, they have Deion Jackson and Evan Hull, which I'm happy about Evan Hull, because again, that's the guy that I liked. Uh, coming out of uh, out of college as well, but there's just it's an interesting depth chart. You go to like our lads, and they're a little thin at wide receiver. They only got four wide receivers. They've got three running backs, and one's injured. They've got five tight ends. Okay, I mean that's the only a lot thing of tight, that's a lot of tight ends, right? I mean I, I'm and again you look at the fact that Will Fries somehow still has a starting job. And I don't know, maybe he got a lot better over the course of the uh, of the weekend. But shoot. Or over the weekend of the of the preseason, but I could see somebody like you know a Jackson Kirkland or whoever else coming in there to contend with them as well because the, the way you look at how that team was set up last year, he was the like the 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 matador basically letting everybody go by him, and so that's a move that I feel like they could look into making. But when you look at the two deep as well on the defense, uh, obviously very happy to see the double A the battery still hanging around, but he's a third stringer right now. And so I think that's not surprising given how much of a, I guess, developmental prospect he was. But uh, yeah, really when you look at this team, the big news is going to be, you know, Jonathan Taylor and that saga that they've allowed to continue at the running back position. All right, I'm going to take it to Jacksonville here. You talked about being surprised about all these these <laughs> tight ends, right? Mm-hmm. Dude, Jacksonville kept seven wide receivers. They did. Had some rookies they were happy about. That's a, that's a lot of wide receivers, my guy. Woo. Uh, biggest Five surprise cut, go. though, is it Snoop Connor? Um, that's a little that's a little <laughs> joke from a fantasy football draft because someone in our league just couldn't think anybody to take when it got way down there in the mm-hmm. late rounds and hollered out Snoop Connor. Yeah, that sounds about right. But I mean, the late rounds are a little Connor, weird. Right? Yeah, late yeah. rounds are a little weird for us. Um, if I had to pick one though. I'd take Chandler Brewer. I mean, he was a guy that we talked a little bit about of the smaller school undrafted like guys coming mm-hmm. out of Middle Tennessee. Um, I don't know. He stuck out to me. He, he had a lot of games under his belt at O line. Sure, they've traditionally had some questions on O line in Jacksonville, so mm-hmm. thought he had a chance. They'll bring him back. I'm sure they'll bring him back to the practice squad. They have to. Other, I mean. Nothing else really stood out to me. Surprisingly, there were a couple mm-hmm. guys that I caught 
could be late round surprises at wide receiver, but they weren't going to make it because I kept seven of them. So, <laughs> right. But yeah, yeah I, I, yep, I'd stick with Chandler Brewer for me for the biggest surprise. Sure. Yeah, and I, I can agree with you on that. I, I'll be curious to see how their offensive line does, you know, shake out with Walker Little trying to play left tackle and a rookie on the right side. So uh, let's just say early on, uh, Trevor Lawrence might have a little bit of happy feet in the pocket. I'm a little <laughs> concerned about how that's mm-hmm. going to play out for him potentially, but. Uh, Houston Texans, last team in the South before we move on to uh, your boys out East. And you know what? The two in th- two things that stood out is one, they, they moved made the move for Kendrick Green, partially because they've been having some other issues in their offensive line with, uh, with guys staying healthy and uh, in on our boy from a couple of years ago that we were expecting to be, you know, kind of the guy, not feeling great, if you will, so to speak, and Kenyon Green, the other Green. Uh, not doing so hot. I, I was happy to see Juice Scruggs get the start at uh, at center. We both think he was a very good pickup. And your boy Xavier Hutchinson made the team, so I know you're stoked about that as well. Dude, he's gonna be there. He's gonna be one of their starting wide receivers. There you go. One of the two big things on defense, though, is they got rid of Desmond King, which was they yes, had like he was three a, on okay. defense that surprised me. Well, you talk. I'm gonna let you talk about one of them because you were the one who told me about it uh, first, but. King was a big one because uh, he was tied for first in tackles for loss. He was running with a starting unit for the most part of the preseason, and they just decided, you know what, we're gonna make some, we're gonna save some money, dude. You're out. And I was a little surprised. I wasn't surprised, but I was a little bit bummed for Chase Winovich that he uh, he found he his way off another squad. So that was that. The King and Winovich were two of my three. Well, you talk about your third there because it's a it's a bit of a commentary on where teams are heading. Oh. It's, I, I can't. Be- I was just completely like shocked when I saw Christian Kirksey get mm-hmm. cut. I mean, this guy led the team in tackles last year. He he was their captain. Mm-hmm. Um, I he, this guy he's he's made a couple of Pro Bowls too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I mean I I don't get it. I just don't get it. I mean it just. You could say because he's he's getting a little older. He's been in the league since 2014. But like I just said, he led your team in tackles and he was your captain on defense. Right. I I don't know. I don't. That was if I you know and you probably throw me some sort of curveball at the end of this. I'm sure <laughs> trying to ask me like what I think the top five or top six biggest right. cuts were. This guy would go into that category. True. This this one shocked me. And Maybe for whatever. hit home a little bit because I'm a big linebacker guy and he came yeah. out of Iowa. I don't know, but. <laughs> Poking holes in your theory, yeah. And I don't know if it's because they thought Denzel Perryman outplayed him and they were interested in Henry Tuotuo being the backup there and going continuing with the youth movement. Because, again, this is a this is a Texans team that is a couple years away from contending. And so maybe in their minds, like, well, Kirksey's not going to help us this year and next year get to a Super Bowl, so let's just get rid of him. I don't personally agree with that logic, and we'll talk about that a little later on. But it's just it seems like that was maybe a bit bit quick of a, of a pulling of the plug there, so to speak. All right, out to the east. Well, it's while we're on the trend of talking about shocking cuts, um, <laughs> heck, you could probably put two uh, in the top five almost from this team. <laughs> the pa- the Patriots rolling with the old single QB route here. Not like it's fantasy. While Bailey Zappi is extremely shocking and definitely one of the, there are people that were like pounding the table saying he should start over mm-hmm. Mac Jones. I'm not one of those. That's rubbish. But I like Zappy a lot. <laughs> he definitely deserved to be on. Yeah. Definitely deserved. Like, put it this way. 
you could go put him in Arizona and he's better than anything they got right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that might be the single biggest shocking thing to me in a way, but also mm-hmm. Malik Cunningham at quarterback. Yep. Like if you're going to cut Zappy, okay, they're going to keep Malik Cunningham. I get it. Oh no. They cut him too. Heck, they even cut Trace McSorley. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, there's like no quarterbacks. Like, I, I don't know. Zappy, Zappy blew my mind. I'll, I'll say another mm-hmm. Michigan guy, and I'm not doing this because, you know, to be biased, but I was a little shocked. Annie Stuber, last year rookie, didn't didn't make the team. But mm-hmm. no, it, it's it's Zappy. Sure. Oh, wow. Like, I was even a little bit surprised by JJ Taylor getting cut at running back a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I seem to really like him, you know, not so long ago. But, dude, it's Zappy by a long shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And just they're gonna they they if he clears waivers, if he clears waivers, I will guarantee they bring him back. Well, sure. But, but why question, would they even mess with that? The fact that you yep. that you can guarantee that, why mm-hmm. would they even risk that? There's and again, it's one of those weird situations, and you see that sometimes with certain positions. Like you'll see a team cut a punter that they plan on bringing back because they just need to keep a spot for some other reason, doing some sort of roster gymnastics thing or whatever. But, yeah, it was a very interesting, I'm going to leave it at that, choice to roll with one quarterback. Because I'm curious, you almost want to talk, Bill would never tell you, but you almost want to talk to Belichick and be like, so what was the logic here? Are they, like, trying to, like, build Mac Jones? Like, hey, man, we believe in you. You're the only (laughs) guy we need. Right. Watch this. We'll cut everybody. (laughs) Well, the Buffalo Bills didn't do anything quite that crazy. They did uh, put Matt Barkley on injured reserve at the quarterback position, but that's about it there. Uh, the big thing for them, though, trading Boogie Basham to the Giants because apparently they decided Your they team. were good. Yeah, I'm try to gloss over that. Uh, they decided they were good with uh, AJ Epinesa and uh, and Shaq Lawson as as a vet instead of the the uh, second round pick because they don't have Von Miller yet. Von Miller's gonna be out for at least the first four games, and they got rid of Boogie Basham. So that gives you an idea of what they felt about his value, which is shame for him, definitely. Uh, and then you look at some of the other players. Uh, Andy Isabella is a name that's gotten floated around the bottom of waiver wires on uh, fantasy football, and so he did not hang on to his position with that team. And uh, just again, it's it's not quite as crazy, obviously, as what the uh, the Patriots have been up to. But you look through some of the the position groups; they have a little more of a traditional setup, but they only kept four rookies this year. And we're not talking hmm. none of the none of the undrafted guys they brought in made the team. And so this is a team that's obviously a veteran team that's expecting to be, you know, contending for things. The one thing we can say is our boy Osiris Torres did make uh, the starting lineup finally. So there was some concern there. He might be stuck as a backup, but we we both think he's going to be a lockdown guard for a very long time in this uh, in this league. All right, I'm going to go down to South Beach here, uh, the Dolphins. You know, the craziest thing that happened with them, it may not necessarily, it's not a cut, but, mm-hmm. you know, I guess it's not crazy. Change of scenery is always good, but it was just interesting and noteworthy to talk about the Dolphins and the Cowboys, little young cornerback swap mm-hmm. of Noah Igbenogany and uh, Kelvin Joseph. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, it's like, hey, this is, let's just swap them, see if it sorts them out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but for actual cuts, though, I mean, I don't think there is a single one that stands out. I could continue my trend to make myself seem biased and talk about uh, Ryan Hayes. But in Mm -hmm. all seriousness, I I did think Ryan Hayes would make this roster as a young set. He was drafted. They took him in the seventh round. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and Miami's ownership and front office group, you know, they got ties to the state of Michigan. So Mm -hmm. 
I thought that was a pick that would stick around for sure, and he played well. I mean, Michigan, dude, Michigan's offensive line wins that old line award like every year it seems <laughs> sure. like lately. So you just figured he had a chance, but yeah, I mean, there there were just some other noteworthy players that stood out. They're not mm-hmm. like super shocking. I mean, Miles Gaskins probably would be the biggest shock in a way because mm-hmm. I think he already got picked up. Did yeah. the Vikings go and snatch him like immediately? Well, I mean, so that would not that, surprise me in the least. That that could be your pick, but Deshaun Hand, Tyler Croft, Aubrey Miller, the second. I mean, th- these are guys that you know, like, oh, okay. It didn't surprise me, but okay. If if I had to pick two, it'd probably be Ryan Hayes and Miles Gaskin. Yeah, and Gaskin uh, definitely jumped in, over to Minnesota, where uh, Brian Flores, his former head coach, is the defensive coordinator. So I'm sure there was. It's fun when you see those types of things happen, like with Dobbs going to Arizona. But it's like, hey, hey, this guy's this guy's available. Get him. I like him. <laughs> Keep your coach happy. And again, I still think Gaskin has something left in the tank. I don't think he's completely useless at this point. He's got gas in the tank? Yeah, he's got Gaskin somewhere. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, All right. Was a t- hey. Let's it's move early. up the coast, right? I couldn't New let York. It go. Yikes. New York Jets. Uh, I think their biggest uh, move was cutting Zonovan Knight and keeping uh, Izzy Abanaconda, your boy. Uh, I like him too. No. It made perfect sense. It did make perfect Abanaconda sense. Abanaconda is going to be the starting running back there. Cook. It's got nothing. <laughs> Brees Hall's got nothing. Is is it mostly because you feel like Brees Hall is going is still coming back from injury? Michael Carter, I think, what got hurt at, at some point you know, two seasons ago, and Dalvin Cook. You know, I mean, hey, who knows? Abanaconda definitely has a path to to getting some playing time. There's no doubt about that. And when you look at uh, some of the other moves that they made, nothing really like blew the doors off me or anything like that. There's two that shocked me. Okay, go ahead. Actually, there's there's more than two that, that shocked me. <laughs> what are the ones that shocked you, bud? Well, one, you already know I'm going to say this. Nick Bodden, come on. Mm-hmm. Keep <laughs> the fullback. Let's go. And he was my favorite fullback in his draft yeah. class, so I will sure. say that. But in, to, on a serious note, though, uh, Trey Dean did mm-hmm. surprise me a little bit. I mean, this was yeah. an undrafted safety out of Florida this year who, you know, a lot of people saw potential in him, but he just never really put it together. But I certainly thought he might, like, make a death spot for somebody, and maybe he will. Yeah, he's um, definitely a practice squad guy for somebody. A guy who's had a very, very solid NFL career, and he seems like he's been in the league longer than what you think. But Nick Viggle, um, mm-hmm. he played great when he was with the Bengals. I mean, the, the last year he's there, 2019, you're talking about – he, he was getting a hundred plus tackles. I mean, shoot. I mean, we were <laughs> we were using him in uh, in fantasy, but it, he just keeps roster hopping ever since he he left the Bengals. I mean, he yeah. played with like the Vikings and the Chargers and stuff. But either way, that's a that's a that's a solid player. Um, I don't know. He's the kind of just guy you expect. Yeah, he's the kind of guy you expect to pop up on a roster at some point again. And I'd say the only other one for me uh, was. Looking at uh, Zach Kuntz as the tight end, the rookie from Old Dominion, who's like a six foot seven inch, more or less six foot seven inch glorified wide receiver. But I figured, like, yeah, we liked him a lot too. Yeah, this keep year. him around because he's got the speed and the mismatch size wise to be able to do something in the red zone. And again, he's another guy that'll end up on a spent, practice squad somewhere. They spent a pick on him too. Well, and again, he, they spent a late round pick on him, and te- teams don't yeah, seem to well, care too much about those. Seemed like the Lions picks. did because. Yeah, right. We'll get there eventually. Exactly. Okay, well, that uh, that gets us through the East, so let's head out west and wrap up the AFC. Ooh, I was too busy focusing on a team that I really don't like and ah. lost my notes here. Whoops. All right, well, I'll know. start uh, with Kansas I, I, City while well, you dig ahead. your notes yeah. out. 
And yeah. uh, the big thing for Kansas City is they put Chris Jones on the, the do not report list. Uh, not surprising, obviously, as he continues to hold out and plans to play enough games to accrue his season so he can get out of there, which is, I mean, or at least till he gets a better deal. Uh, but so that was interesting to see them do that. Uh, with that piece, they also then traded a sixth round pick to the Raiders to a division rival for defensive tackle Neil Farrell Jr., who's going to obviously hop into that rotation pretty quickly because Charles Amenahu is out for the first six games as well with the suspension. So the the first, you know, four to six games of the year will be interesting to see how these guys can uh, can get the pressure on the quarterback because obviously uh, our boy Felix is right now technically considered a backup. And so looking at how they go about that, are they going to get enough push from George Karloftis and from Derek Nandy, from Tishon Wharton? Uh, to see where they're going with just that team right now, because it's definitely the biggest question mark, I think, on this roster is can they get pressure on the quarterback from the interior, from the, even from the, the entire off or defensive line? And that is kind of a shoulder shrug right now for me, because I don't know that they do. Again, it's one of the fun parts about guys you don't you know talk too much about and you don't know as much about some younger guys. Can they step up and make a name for themselves? Well, the opportunity is there for anybody who wants to on that defensive line because no one is locked into those spots right now. All right, I'm going go to go to the Raiders here. I got my notes. I found myself here. Um, you know, most people might say Philip Dorsett here. I mean, it's just it's sure. a lot of some speed to lose off from an offense. But, no, I'm going to go with two two undrafted rookies that we both liked a lot, man. Mm-hmm. In last year's you know, throughout the college season, how how highly were we talking from small school guy McClendon Curtis? Yep, we liked him. We liked him as a guard. Yeah, he didn't he didn't make the roster, and this is on what they got a terrible old line, Dan. <laughs> like it's bad. So mm-hmm. that that surprised me. Shoot, I thought there it wasn't completely crazy to say he could earn a starting spot. <laughs> a little crazy, but not completely crazy. There's a lot of opportunities. Um and then Drake Thomas, too, a linebacker that I liked quite a bit out of NC State. Mm-hmm. I mean, guy just, you know, just made plays there. So sure. I thought they both had a chance. I would pick both of them for being my surprise cuts for the Raiders. For yeah, sure. I had one to add to the list as well because I was pounding the table for a late-round linebacker that never became a late-round linebacker. He was the UDFA. Isaac Darkangelo, who's just a freaking tackle machine at Illinois. When that man got put in position, he, he made plays. He wasn't flashy. He wasn't fancy. He's probably, you know, a grinder type guy. And I really hope he gets a shot with somebody's practice squad because that just seems like a dude who finds a way to make plays even if he doesn't look like he should, you know. So a little bit of a bummer to see some guys that we like to not make a team that we think is the best branded team in the NFL. But uh, that's they're, they're doing some things out in Vegas, man. They're they're rolling the dice. They're, they're gambling like you'd expect Something's out there on. in Vegas. Right. Now, last team for... Uh, me for the AFC, the Los Angeles Chargers. You know what? There's another kicker thing here. That's where Dustin Hopkins went, so they, they kept Cameron Dicker. I guess it's a little bit of a surprise to see the veteran not make the team, but at the same time, it's it's also, you know, we're, we're talking about kicker stuff right now. When you look mm-hmm. at the rest of the team, though, and the way that it's constructed uh, and the guys that they got rid of, I mean, Jalen Guyton, a wide receiver, he got put on the, the pup list, so not completely surprising. Not to see that, but but I looked through the only big name for me from like the the rookie class. Some people are saying Max Dugan. I mean, we both liked him, but we also didn't think he was necessarily somebody who's going to catch on right away in the NFL. 
thought he uh, would make it, though, man. I thought he would, too. But, again, when you look at teams that are and, – and, again, let's not forget, the, the Chargers believe that they are a team that, that should be contending right now. And so they felt better about Easton Stick, who seems to have that career backup label kind of slapped on him as well. But the other uh, position I was surprised to see them move on from, just given – you know, where their depth has been and hasn't been in recent years was they, they got rid of Gerard Clark, the huge dude from uh, I was wondering Carolina. if you were going to say him. That was my yeah. biggest shock for him. No, I'm a big fan of that big man. Three, six, four, like 340 or something crazy like that. Gigantic man to suck up the middle and that nose tackle spot, but they felt better about Christopher Hinton for some reason. So, and again, I'm not, I'm not the person sitting in their, you know, war room talking about all this stuff with the guys, but I expect to see Clark picked up somewhere by somebody. Uh, to definitely be stashed in a practice squad, if nothing else. All right, I'm going to take her out to the Rockies here. Uh, a little bit of a surprise was P.J. Mustafer. You know, mm-hmm. he's another big interior D lineman out of Penn State. I, I thought he had a shot there. But, hey, I'm, I'm joking, but not joking here. Hmm. Ben DiNucci. Yeah. I mean, from what I saw from Russell Wilson last year, whoo. You need all the help you can get at QB, so I didn't think they'd be cutting any. They might go sign mm-hmm. everything that the Patriots cut out in Denver because, holy moly, donut shop. They, <laughs> I know they've got Jarrett Stidham back mm-hmm. there, but you get it. Yeah. I don't know. There wasn't anything super crazy, uh, in my opinion, from, from the Broncos camp that was a cut. Um, PJ might actually be my answer, though, to be honest okay. with you. I mean, surprised me a little bit. I thought he had a good shot. Yeah, I'm not arguing with that. When you look at the way the Broncos are set up, though, again, that's another team that uh, that made some moves and brought in Will Lutz as the uh, the kicker, another one of those kicker trades because he played with Peyton in uh, in New Orleans. And it's always fun to see when coaches take older guys and bring them on their team. It's like, are you thinking he's going to currently be good for you, or were you thinking about when he was good for you three years ago? So it be interesting to see how that plays out for uh, for Denver. All right, let's go out stay out west, I guess. NFC out west. What do we got? I didn't think we were doing that. I thought we were going to hit a little beer topic here. Oh, okay. I guess we can do that now. Sure. Let's go talk <laughs> about some beverages, boy. Uh, well, you know, I'm not going to give my review on it because I want to save it and see how <laughs> it does whenever okay. we do the Smashing Pumpkins episode. But mm-hmm. uh, as I showed you the other day, I tried one of them last night. I tried Oddside's new uh, uh, stout pumpkin. Yeah. Um, I forget. I forget the actual name of it. Let me check in on that real quick and see what it what it was. But it was actually pretty good, man. It was a, just a stout beer that had subtle pumpkin vibes. Okay. It, it wasn't like over the top pumpkin. Oh, that's literally what it's called, stout pumpkin. Okay. Right. Nailed it. But um, yeah, I think it'd be a contender in there. I know. Remember how we were excited for Big Lakes? Uh, I forget what it was called, but it was the that pumpkin porter one. Yeah, yeah. And it just it was it seemed a little thin and light and mm-hmm, didn't like mm-hmm. hit what we were expecting, you know. Like this one, like it is a good stout beer with a mm-hmm. subtle pumpkin thing. It's nothing over the top. I enjoyed it quite a bit. But nice. um I was just gonna throw out some ones that I you and I were talking about yesterday I found for this potential smashing pumpkins thing. Okay. Because I can't we did not have I swear we did not have a pumpkin bean flicker from Oddside. We got a jolly pumpkin that's like a sour pumpkin, Al, that I'm not <laughs> dreading about at all, but I bought it 
you know, because I figured you might like it, but I can't even remember. Mm-hmm. I had about seven of them in there. I felt like at least three or four were brand new. Do you remember all what I was showing you yesterday? Oh, dude, yeah, no, I don't remember all of them. I just know that you had a handful of, uh, of interesting-looking beers. And again, I'd say that that, uh, that Jolly Pumpkin one I'm curious about because I know how much you uh, are not a huge fan of all of the sour things in life. And also, Sour Pumpkin is an interesting concept in general, just when you think about the marrying of those flavors. Sounds terrifying. But <laughs> um, long story short, though, that this outside stout pumpkin, though, it's going to be a contender for me. I'm just mm-hmm. telling you that. It is very good. Sure. Yeah, should be fun. Uh, and then on my end of things, I did have one last night uh, when I went to Broadleaf and played a little bit of trivia. And Broadleaf, generally, I like what they do. They have a lot of fun with some of their different flavors, and most of their beer is very solid. Uh, yesterday, I had a Sour Lake, which is their Sour Series. Let me tell you what you think about this one. Uh, lychee, pineapple, and toasted marshmallow. I I don't I need a minute to digest that combination. <laughs> well, here's I don't what I will know tell what you. I think about that. I like lychee, I like pineapple, and lychee is like this kind of fleshy uh, eastern white fruit, uh, and again pineapple, and then I like toasted marshmallow. So I like all three of these concepts uh, merged together. It was um, it wasn't their best effort. <laughs> they they did they it, it was it was fun that they tried it and i appreciate that they tried it and they admitted that this was a weird combination um but it just it tasted a little bit funky there's a little bit of a medicinal almost character to it to me on the back end of it like just something but the aftertaste wasn't quite there so definitely not something that i'm gonna go back and try again but i give them props for continuing to try different things because that's huge for me is like sometimes you've just got to be okay with you know swinging and missing and trying again and i i hope they try again yep and again i'm sure there's some people who love that beer obviously there was a brewer somewhere that thought it was a great idea and that's always fun too when you see a beer that comes out and you're like wait someone someone put the green light on this cool all right anything else in the beer world unfortunately no not today that's okay we'll have more in the future again this is a morning show so let's go out west for the nfc who do you want to start with I'm going to start with the 49ers, my guy. They were Okay, some stuff, some things. Yeah, you know, I'll give a small shout-out to Troy Fumagalli. Like, he was a guy that mm-hmm. I thought was going to be a day three pick that could develop into something when he came out of Wisconsin, but doesn't appear to be the case. But mm-hmm. a, a guy that I was extremely high on, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, this was about five years ago, but mm-hmm. extremely high on. For for a day two pick guy, mm-hmm. so no matter what team cuts this guy, he's always going to surprise me. Just because I still I don't know I that's extremely high on him, Dan. <laughs> but Anthony Miller drafted by mm-hmm. your, your Bears, yep. I was such a huge fan of him, and I was shocked when he got cut by the like the both the Texans and the Steelers, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just don't understand what's going on. Like that felt like he had so so much potential. So it's always going to surprise yeah. me. But I feel like the real answer, though, this year is the undrafted rookie out of Texas, Deshaun Jameson. He played pretty solid in the mm-hmm. preseason as a defensive back and looked like he could be a depth piece, but he also looked good as on special teams. Right. So I thought, yeah, I really thought he was locked into this roster. I know San mm-hmm. Fran's got a super deep D across the board so it's going to be tough but man mm-hmm. if they don't pick him up on their practice squad somebody's going to pick him up as a depth right. piece 
I promise you that. But that'd be yeah. my biggest surprise, Jameson. No, I agree with you on all of those. The only other name that I want to throw out there is uh, we can probably pour one out for the career of Willie Sneed the fourth, one of the most tantalizingly yeah. uh, talented guys who could never stay healthy and put it together. So shame for him. Uh, look, I mean, they had other ones like Austin Bryant and Chris Conley. I mean, they had some names that people mm-hmm. would recognize on there, but shoot. Yeah. What can you do? Well, they felt good about who they were rolling with. Seattle, I think um, they're, they're, one of their bigger choices was uh, waiving both Jonathan Sutherland and Joey Blount with uh, injury designations, which technically I think, I'm not sure how that wave is different. Maybe they get first priority to bring them back or something. I'm not sure, but uh, just because I haven't dug into all those details. But, but getting rid of two guys... Uh, with Jamal Adams just coming off the pup list and maybe not being ready uh, for week one, that's an interesting choice for a team that uh, that doesn't have a ton of depth in the back end of their defense. And so I'll be curious to see if they're going to make some moves as the year goes on or as the, the you know the week or two goes on, uh, rolling up into the uh, the start of the regular season. But it was cool to see Jake Bobo make the team, which was kind of fun <laughs> because uh, let's be honest, he's he's sitting behind. Yeah, three established starters as long as they all stay healthy. But Bobo, a guy who uh, who did not blow the doors off anyone with his forty time, but he's a tall wide receiver who finds ways to get open. And again, there's a big difference between straight line speed and game speed. And this dude just finds ways to get open. So I was really happy to see him make the team, and then uh, be very curious to see what they do again. Because like I said, uh, if you feel good about Jarek Reed, if you feel good about Kobe Bryant, who had a pretty rough preseason here and there, I guess you're all right. They do have technical two deeps at everywhere in the secondary but it doesn't mean they've got you know depth that you'd be happy seeing seeing out there so to speak dan the rams blew my mind how so this time well there's an obvious obvious answer the the biggest Mm -hmm. surprise is logan bruss and i think the whole world thinks that it has to be due to just not fully recovering from that torn acl and Mm -hmm. meniscus um but it it, this it's been a day two pick on him just a year ago. Right. Day two pick, and this offensive line is not good. Right. So cutting him is the obvious answer, but if you're asking me my answers, <laughs> um, I'll say it. Tyler Johnson um, mm-hmm. flashed in very small amounts for the, the Buccaneers. I mean, he was a really good wide receiver coming out of Minnesota not so long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, They've got some other young guys, rookies like Rashad Torrance, second and whatnot, that we mm-hmm. I thought maybe could have because they don't have any players on this team. It is all rookies. But, dude, my answer, you already know who it's going to be. It's Quindell Johnson. Sure. He was a guy that I was extremely high on for this year. I, I thought he should have been drafted coming out of Memphis. I am going to be locked and loaded on this guy to figure out where he signs. Like mm-hmm. I like him a ton. Not saying he should start or anything somewhere. But no, but th- he this is a guy. This is a guy I want on my team as a piece. I, I, I was a huge fan of Quindell Johnson, so mm-hmm. that's well, my it? answer. It's not sure. the right one. Brush is, hey, <laughs> yeah. But so those are two names uh, worth noting for that team and seeing you know, what they're like going to do. Rippin and Freeman. They cut a lot of people that probably like caught people off guard. Well, and again, I think the Rippin and Freeman thing. The Rippin thing especially was because Stetson Bennett, even though he had a bit of a rough. Uh, preseason game there at the uh, I think it's the second or third game was rough. I think they saw enough there to where they liked how he played, and apparently they just think Georgia quarterbacks are cool. So, guess so. <laughs> Arizona. I mean, it's it's. I mean, is there anything else we can talk about besides the fact that they cut their starting quarterback? 
<laughs> and again, Kyler Murray got yeah. put on the, the pup list, or is still on the pup list, rather, which is not surprising. They're going to, as much money as they put into that man, they're not going to bring him back until he is fully ready. But they've also now made everyone wonder, are, are you guys going to try this year? Are you tanking well, dude, this they, season? Dude, they cut a lot of quarterbacks that could have potentially started over what they have. They got, obviously, Colt McCoy is the answer, right. but... David Blau, Jeff Driscoll. I mean, these are guys that people thought could fill gaps. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. And that gives you an idea. Like, they literally did not feel good about any of those guys in that position for a few games. The funny thing is, uh, the dark thing, we're going to look at it, is they're obviously in their heads probably thinking four games. We should get through four games. We we have that time to develop whoever. I, I would love to see Clayton Toon get some playing time. And a lot of people think it's going to be Josh mm-hmm. Dobbs because of his tie-in with uh, with the coaching staff there, but it's I, I'm happy to see Clayton Toon get some get some reps. If you're at this point where you're trying to just do anything, but it, the question is, is this team trying to win games this year? And it's very much a shrug emoji right now because they're not showing you that they're trying to win games when they get rid of the most consistent option they have. Now again, Colt McCoy's 37. He's an old guy-ish mm-hmm. in the NFL. He hasn't ever been a starter, so. There's definite question marks as to whether or not he was even a viable pick, but he was also the guy that you had running your team the entirety of the offseason. So what are you even doing? And I think what are you even doing is kind of the tagline for the 2023-2024 Arizona Cardinals. And part of it could be that they're trying to, you know, I think I've seen what crumble for Caleb, I've seen all kinds of uh, different phrases people are trying to put out there for what they're going to do to try to get Caleb Williams or Drake May or whatever and position themselves when they've got, you know, two of the potential top three, four, five draft picks with what the Houston Texans are going to give them. So uh, it's it's just one of those seasons where you're like, how can we not try but show that we're trying but also not try? And that's really what it feels like right now. Uh, but they're obviously going to try to paint whatever they can with it and talk about uh, however they want to. I was also curious to see, uh, uh, not curious, but I was interested to see that Garrett Williams is put on the reserve NFI list. Uh, so we'll see when he gets to come back and contribute to this team as well. But yeah, Arizona, they're going to be, I mean, it's funny that last year was when they did the in-season hard knocks, because I feel like this year's hard knocks in-season would be like, dude, what are we doing, guys? Are we? Who's playing? Who, who wants to play this week? You, you want to jump up? You want some reps? Go. They're like, what are they doing? New yeah. coach, new staff, not sure. <laughs> I would also add Kyle Sole in there for the, mm-hmm. the undrafted linebacker from Arizona State. I thought he had a shot, but yeah, especially a hometown guy, right? So, oh well. Yep, that's exactly what I was thinking. All right, let's take it out east. Yep. Slash west in reality. Oh geez, with yeah, the, go with go the with Cowboys. The mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like I already said, the Calvin Joseph and Noah Benagini trade that was interesting, but um, nothing, nothing they did stuck out a, a mm-hmm. ton to me but man I, I mean when you when you look at it, it it seems like they made you know pretty pretty much all, all the right decisions but I mean mm-hmm. I the only one that I could sit and go on and on about and they can't really go on and on about it but it'd be Jabril Cox sure I mean he's only a, he came out in what 2020 2021 something like that but like mm-hmm. I remember he was one of the guys who, like, when you do those way too early mock drafts, he, he was, like, <laughs> arguably the top linebacker going mm-hmm. in the first round somewhere. And then he, as the draft season went on, he just kept going further and further and further back until right. he ultimately ended up being a fourth-round pick. But this guy flashed a fair amount at mm-hmm. LSU. I mean, 
I mean, I understand you've got Leighton Van Der Esch and Micah Parsons there, but right. I don't know. I I I thought he would have made the roster for sure, mm-hmm. considering how young he is still at the position and and what potential right. people believed in him at points throughout his career. But yeah, yeah, that that would be my answer. There's nothing else that jumps out that could that could trump that one. No. I, I expected him. I think almost everybody expected him to make the roster. Right. I think the pleasant surprises for Dallas, though, on the rest of the roster, though, is that Mozzie Smith, Go Blue, is a starter, uh, at least according to the, the R-Lads depth chart. And then your boy Valami Fajoko definitely did uh, still manage mm-hmm. to make the roster, which is the fourth-round pick so you'd expect him to. But also, he would. they he have would. him classified as a running back, but Hunter Lepke, basically a fullback making the team. I like it. I thought you'd appreciate that. I'm glad you that. brought that up, Dan. You just made my morning. <laughs> Looking out for you. A little Washington, fullback love. Washington, whatever you want to call them. Uh, the, the big thing here, I think. To be determined. Right. <laughs> yeah, the Washington TBDs. That's been them for roughly 20 years. So uh, you look at, at what they made, the moves that they did. They they did keep 11 defensive linemen, and I feel like that was an interesting move because it means they didn't keep a ton of linebacker depth. And what that does is they obviously feel like they have a safety or two that they can slide down into a hybrid role. But it also means that you've got a whole lot of bodies that are pass rushing. And part of it's because they've got a great defensive line with Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, Daron Payne, Montez Sweat. They paid a lot of money to three of those guys. And they're probably auditioning a bunch of players for, I would say, probably Chase Young's spot because I don't know if they can afford to keep him necessarily. But you're basically, uh, your your linebacker crew is is too deep and that's it. So only keeping six linebackers, not necessarily a bad thing, but it, it do, definitely does uh, mean that the back end of this defense is a little bit thin when you look at the number of players that they have in place. And that's not a dig on Emmanuel Forbes Jr., who is still a little thin. He's not just a little thin. <laughs> Guy's pretty thin. I've not seen an update to the roster on uh, what his weight is, but I'm going to say maybe he's 170 now. On a good day. All right, right. I'm going to take it out to – wow, do you want to take this team? Stop. Just go. All right. Uh, I'm still always going to be, and it's not because he was an ex-Lion or an Iowa <laughs> Hawkeye. Maybe it is because of both. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He wasn't Iowa. He was Penn State, my bad. He was Penn State. I don't know mm-hmm. why I say that. So he's a double line, but um, there there are points like I, he was one of the guys I was so excited for the Lions to get where they got. But Amani Oyuarie, and I know mm-hmm. he definitely had a major dip in play, which is why we had to move on from him. But right, guy, I mean, in twenty twenty one, he had like six or seven picks for us, and he was looking good. In twenty twenty two, it was it was bad. I agree, but. Um, I thought he would find a backup job somewhere, sure. and yeah, I don't know. He just got cut by the Giants, but man, I don't know. He's still pretty young, um, mm-hmm. and a guy who's not young that surprised me is I, I was a little shocked by some of their wide receiver cuts, and Cole mm-hmm. Beasley and Jamison Crowder. I mean, Cole Beasley's only like a year removed from grabbing north of 80 receptions, and mm-hmm. I'm sorry, especially with Bryce Ford Wheaton. Like, who, who are they throwing to <laughs> other than Darren Waller on this team? I know Wanda. you like Jalen Hyatt a lot, but... Wandale and Hyatt, uh, youth movement. Yeah, and Wandale can't stay healthy. Darren nope. Waller can barely stay healthy. Nope. Um, <laughs> Hyatt, we'll see. I still think he's kind of a one-trick pony-ish, mm-hmm. and he's tiny. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. Because uh, so, I was rooting for Khalil Pimpton a of lot, course. too. 
Hey, talk about yeah, Tiny. Great personality, Tiny yeah. wide receiver from CMU. The Muskegon, Michigan cat, too. There you go. But uh, I yeah, don't know. didn't quite work out. Their, their wide receiver cuts are, I just don't know what they're doing there. Right. Well, and again, they obviously believe in uh, in Paris Campbell. They believe in Jalen Hyatt, Sterling Shepard, Wondell Robinson. Names people have heard. I mean, Shepherd Isaiah Hodgins. can't stay healthy. No. Isaiah Hodgins is somehow... Uh, a starter right now for them and i've never been overly impressed with him we'll see how this season goes for him but yeah the only other name that stood out to me for the giants jamon green jamon no. green Gold Gold Jamon, Jamon. right no that was habakkuk baldonado rookie that uh i th- i we both kind of liked in the middle rounds as uh, somebody that could hang on and you know do some stuff when you did at pittsburgh mm-hmm. but apparently uh not good enough for the giants maybe because he's from phil or from the uh, pennsylvania area and they just don't like him i don't know Philadelphia how about, Eagles? James, how about James Robinson too? Yeah, a yeah. guy who just oh. came in as like an undrafted rookie and just set the league on fire, and just mm-hmm. it was a it wasn't even a fire; it was like a spark, right? And it's a feel and for the man, over. really, because again, he's bounced around a couple different teams after getting traded last year, and you just you'd think that somebody could use him. Like, I mean, hey, why isn't Indianapolis giving them a, giving him a call and being like, dude, just for a few weeks, just to show us what you got, you know? We'll get there. Maybe Detroit will give him a call. We only got two running backs. Yeah, we'll talk about that we'll in a little there, bit. But Philadelphia, their biggest note, believe it or not, it's kind of funny, is uh, now they they got rid of their their Super Bowl punter. So another kicker related note, but Aaron Sipsos got uh, got booted, if you will. Uh, part of it was because he had a bad punt, I think, in the Super Bowl, and then uh, they they went with a rookie instead. And so, uh, sorry, they didn't even get went with a rookie. Technically speaking, right now, and you obviously love this theory of uh, of running a team. They they didn't have a, a punter there. They still technically don't have a punter. So I don't think have the kicker and the punter do the same thing. Why do you need two? <laughs> Right, yeah, they they definitely do different things, but I can understand your sentiment there. Maybe you can uh, can roll with it. But uh, other than that, I think the the big move that they made on cut day was getting uh, Albert uh, Okwabunam from uh, from Denver and uh, getting rid of Tyree Jackson, who used to be a a uh, quarterback that tried to move over to tight end, and that one just didn't pan out. So. Uh, it's one of those things where I look at the moves they made. This is a team that had a lot of depth. Kayvon Wallace didn't make the team. So there's there's a lot of young guys on this team, but there's also not a lot of young guys you know, starting on this team. I was surprised that they kept Tanner McKee just because you and I think he's useless. I'm sure he's not, but you know, we're just not a huge fan of him at quarterback. But uh, I was happy to see Marcus Mariota manage to, to hang on to a backup spot there. But otherwise, it's pretty straightforward, I think, what, uh, what Philly was doing. Yeah, I don't. I don't disagree with any of that take. I didn't think there was anybody that jumped out a whole bunch to me. But I, I mean, I think some people expected maybe Ben Van Summeren. I don't yeah, know if you said his name, the Michigan no. State guy, to make it. But mm-hmm. um, whatever, he's a Sparty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I may mean, go to Tampa Bay here. Um, mm-hmm. They had some cuts. I'm only going to talk about one because it blew my mind. <laughs> First of all, it blew my mind. I, I'm not saying he was a certainly not a first round pick, but some believed he was a second, a day two pick. It's mm-hmm. somewhere in the second or third round. I thought he, I going into day three, he was one of the best players on the board. And I'll say this: NFL Network's own Daniel Jeremiah raved about this guy, mm-hmm. and some pegged him as one of the biggest steals of the draft when the, when they got him in the sixth round, at almost at mm-hmm. like two hundo, Jose Ramirez. Yep, out of Eastern Michigan, and I thought it was a beautiful fit on this team for the type of defense they run. How did this not work out? 
I mean, that's a big... I, I, I want him. Big I want the Lions drug. to sign this guy. Well, when you look at, at who they kept, they obviously thought, and when you look at their... Uh, the, who they kept at outside linebacker. There were a couple of uh, guys I've never heard of, like Cam Gill, N- Anthony Nelson, but Marquise Watts, they must have seen more out of him, I guess. I don't know. Dude, there's a bad cut. There's a bad cut. If you were planning on asking me that at the end of the show, I don't know the ones, but I say they're <laughs> making he makes it. Sure. There's a bad cut. Yeah. Tough stuff for him. And mm. again, he's another guy that you just have to expect if someone's going to put him on a practice squad at very least. So... Sliding over the Gulf Coast to New Orleans, the Saints. Well, they they're also, uh, dude. I'm sorry to do this to you again, but it's kicker talk, man. They traded Hi. Will Lutz. Why does that keep coming up, man? They got rid of Gillikin because these guys are these teams are just like swapping out for rookies, and these are teams that are expecting to contend, you know. So uh, they they went with uh, rookie Blake Group and Lou Headley. It might be Groupie. I don't know Lou Headley. Uh, but the other big thing that they did, and this is you know actually you know, a big move for them, was uh, releasing uh, Bradley Roby, their slot corner, who mm-hmm. basically was a starting slot corner for them. Uh, and again, you can talk about it being money related. They saved a couple million dollars. I think he posted something about how like you know when it's all about the money, you know you you, you regret it, whatever, something like that. But uh, it was interesting to see that happen, especially when you're deciding, you know what, we definitely need to keep Jimmy Graham instead at 36. So not really sure what their plan is for him when they already have Taysom Hill, Foster Moreau, and Juwan Johnson. But uh, the other, I don't really think they, they were had a lot. Other, they were a lot, but uh, outside of uh, losing the amazingly named Smoke Monday, uh, and then also Anthony Orgery was was a guy I thought yeah, could, uh, okay. could make you the team one as of my well. Guys. But yeah, who else did stood out to you? Well, Anthony Audrey for sure, but mm-hmm. Jalen Smith stood out to me. Jonathan Abram, Nick Anderson, mm-hmm. um, they they cut they, some players some that could young. make some rosters. <laughs> Let's just they're, say they're, that they're doing the youth in my movement. opinion. But they also got rid of Storm Norton, which is another great. And they they got rid of some great names. They could have had Smoke and Storm on their team. They well, chose not to. Sad mistakes times. were made. Mistakes <laughs> were made. I mean, if you're talking about sweet names, Jesse James, get him in there, man. Well, of course, right. <laughs> <laughs> The outlaw. All right, jump over. All right, yeah, I'm gonna go go to to uh, Carolina here. Um, they they had some that that stood out to me too. I don't know. Maybe I'll talk myself into which one was the <laughs> biggest standout. Nah, just kidding. This is one of the top five or six. How did they cut Deion Jones? Mm-hmm. What yeah. happened here? This is a second round pick. That you know is a year away from 130. Uh, well, he, he's had over 100 plus tackles five of his seven years in the league, mm-hmm. and it's a year ago he's at 137. What in mm-hmm. the heck is going on with that one? This is I don't know, Dan. It's beyond me. I Shy Smith surprised me. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric Rowe a little bit. Um, I. I don't know. I don't know that any of these other names e- even matter. How Dion Jones? Right. What Trying is to, going on? Yeah. Did I miss something? Did he get did his leg fall off? Our pets are heads are falling off. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing that he's he's 28, so it's not like he's crazy old. It's not no. like he's been an amazing Cameron player. Irving surprised but... me a little bit, but Dion Jones. Right. I mean, this is a guy like who's who, been a tackle machine. He had a he had a rough I'm year last to... year. In Cleveland, obviously, their, it didn't. I it see did, their darn depth chart. Right, but so it, was a, it was a rough game in Cleveland because I mean he only started five games after 
you know, three years in a row starting uh, games in uh, in Atlanta full on. But yeah, three years in a row, he was getting over 100 tackles each season. And it's a bit surprising that a player that seems like he still has something left to give got cut from a team that I thought was going to try to, you know, actually field Dude, a competitive team this year. I like Frankie Louvre and Shaq Thompson and all, but Deion Jones is head and shoulders above all their backup inside linebackers. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, he's not any better or worse than Shaq or Frankie. Sure. Well, and again, obviously, it's the five tight ends that they kept in Carolina that that make the difference. You know, one of those guys can go out there and play linebacker or something. Chandler Zavala earned a starting spot. Sorry. Right, which is obviously your boy right there, yeah. Different Uh, show. You know what what my sad moment was when I looked at the Carolina Panthers waived and released list? They let go of Bumper Pool. My boy! Oh, yeah. My boy I knew Bumper. You were sad about that one. I yeah. was just, dude, I couldn't. I had a note to even bring that up, but I'm still so <laughs> mind blown by Deion Jones yep. that I I missed some of my notes. Fair. Well, he's going to get picked up by somebody. There's talk of Dan Quinn having the tie that he does there in Dallas, that Jones going over there with the, the issues they're having at depth. So I'm not going to be surprised to see him get picked up by somebody, but he is in a weird spot where he probably isn't a guy who wants to be on a practice squad. So be interesting to see what they're going to do there. Uh, they uh, so Atlanta Falcons. They shouldn't be. No, he's just right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the Atlanta Falcons. They uh, didn't have maybe any hugely crazy moves, but they did keep uh, John Fitzpatrick over Parker Hesse, who was uh, definitely a big blocking tight end for him last year. Uh, and they they got rid of defensive tackle Timmy Horn. He started five games last year. So both of those players are kind of intriguing things, but looking at their their roster, and again, this is an Atlanta team that expects to compete this year. Uh, they did make the move with Matthew Bergeron, jumping him straight into left guard, and I don't remember who it was they cut, but they cut a guy that they just moved from tackle to guard a couple years ago uh, to make that spot happen. I can't remember which which guy it was off the top of my head. Uh, and then from a Lions you know, tie-in standpoint, Gavin Ibuike, who had like a hot moment there as a running back, definitely didn't make the team either. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, another name that people have heard thrown around, did not uh, make the roster there in Atlanta. And Atlanta seems to think that they are in pretty good shape. Seems to think. <laughs> well, you'll note that I'm going to put a lot of qualifiers on every team in the NFC South right now. Let's go north. All right, I'm gonna start Minnesota here, and I got a two-way tie. I, I was okay. I, I, like I'm, I was half serious when I said that I thought Dwayne McBride could earn the starting running back role by the end of the season for the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Sure, he didn't make the roster. So, whoops. Remember, remember how I was talking about how how the Lions only have two running backs? Mm-hmm. Can we make this happen. I mean, kind of cool. But right. I feel like the right answer here is probably Juwan Williams. Um, mm-hmm. This is a day two pick guy that the Patriots grabbed. Um, but I I thought he had a very good shot of making this. This defense was bad last year. Mm-hmm. I think he he was on their team though last year, wasn't he? He was part of it. Maybe that's why. Maybe they're just trying to. It was so bad they're just getting rid of everybody that was a part <laughs> of that. That could be the reasoning, but I don't wrong. know. That'd be that'd be my answers. But Dwayne McBride, man, we were both so high. You were super high on him too. Oh, huge fan. So clearly the Vikings yeah, were not two, a huge fan. Two surprises there for me. Yeah, who you, who you got in the Windy City, dude? It's so tough when you're when you're looking at players like we we're looking at it from the standpoint of oh that's a guy's name that we liked, you know, uh, as opposed to these teams are trying to figure out the roster construction and who they're who they're putting where. Um, I think if I had to talk about Bears, I mean, I think 
Some people would say it's surprising. I think it was a great choice to keep Tyson Bajan as their their mm-hmm. second string quarterback because PJ Walker, love him. Think he's a great veteran. Think he should get picked up by somebody that I don't know needs some depth at quarterback. There's a couple spots you could see him in uh, New England. You could see him uh, maybe giving him a third quarterback option that no one likes down there in Arizona. Who knows? But uh, the the talk people were saying of Nathan Peterman being the second stringer behind uh, behind Justin Fields, like no, I'm sorry. Look, Nathan Peterman, bless his heart, has shown us what he is, and he is not really an NFL quarterback. So. I don't think you're developing Facts. him into anything. The fact no. that he's continuing to get shots. Bajan deserves to be there. Yeah. Dude's got, apparently Peterman has some level of athleticism and, and, and pop that makes people think he can do something. But no, when you put him in a game, dude freaks out. Tyson Bajan, uh, again, Division II Shepherd University boy, definitely had the production in college and showed up. And he's obviously not the same type of quarterback as Justin Fields, and the Bears are hoping they don't have to have him play at any point. Although it is interesting because of how Fields plays that you know, he could potentially get dinged up and uh, maybe have to go in there. But when you, you look at that team and the way it's constructed, it was a good choice. I was surprised to see Kendall Vildor uh, get cut at DB. Now, again, not wildly surprised. I was like, oh, that's a bit, bit of an interesting choice for them. Uh, and then Michael Walker, I was, I was interested to see him not make the team at uh, linebacker as well. But again, this is a Bears team that, let's be honest, they're a couple years away. People are thinking they can make the playoffs this year, and sure, uh, hope springs eternal and all that, but this is a team that's a couple years away from from contending right now, and they got a lot of young players on their two deep that are going to be showing up and trying to make something happen for them. So, you know, hey, glad to see Tyler Scott make the team, glad to see Noel Sewell uh, show up as a solid backup, given how we weren't sure the way he was trending if he was going to be, you know, anything worth writing home about, but Looking forward to him and Penne going at it at some point this year. That will be fun. That will be fun. All right, let's get this let's get this yeah. cheesehead chatter out of the way. I got two names that stand out to me. Mm-hmm. One is Corey Valentine, not necessarily because he's playing well or did mm-hmm. anything. I just it's one of those guys who only came into the league, you know, a few years ago, but right. I thought he was a really, really good late round pick for mm-hmm. the Giants the year when they got him. I thought it was going to be a steal, and I don't know. It just mm-hmm. never really panned out. And maybe I'm just holding on to that thought. Maybe I got to get mm-hmm. it out of my head. But as far as a undrafted guy that I thought had a little bit of potential, I know if you listen to any of our episodes last summer right. for Hampton, you know, small school, I thought Jada Kiss Bonds was was all right. I guess I wouldn't say I expected either of these guys to make the roster, but I don't right. know that anything stands out to me. What do you think? Yeah. Lou Nichols? I, Lou Nichols, obviously, I was going to make a mention about some fire-up chips right there. Uh, he got the injury designation on the waving, so uh, that, that's like it's almost like a slightly nicer way of saying bye. But, yeah, the biggest thing overall on the team, dude, is they they got rid of all of the old players. Like, the, the oldest guy on their team now is David Bakhtiari at 31. And so the Packers have definitely pushed a full-on, you know, restart, if you will, on the the roster. And they still think they can be competitive, and a lot of it's going to happen uh, with where whether or not uh, Jordan Love is going to pan out. But this is a team that basically finally decided, okay, we need to move on. And part of it was because they they got rid of Aaron Rodgers, and so they didn't have to listen to the old man curmudgeonly complaining about how his buddies can't play for him anymore. But uh, that was the biggest piece for me was watching just the overall move that they did for all the all the older players getting pushed out for younger talent that maybe might not be as proven, but you know, Hey, it's a, it's a young man's league. 
Was very happy to see our boy Carl Brooks make the team too, though. As much as I don't want him to be a Packer, I'm glad he made a yeah, team I, and showed I people he could be a to team. Be cut. Yeah, I know, but I'm glad that he made a team <laughs> to prove people he can make a team. So now, when he gets out of there after this year, you know, and then goes to a team we like or any literally any other team, we'll be able to enjoy it. That's fair. That's Detroit. Fair. Who wants to go? Who wants to go first with Detroit? I feel like go ahead. Maybe we should just get it out of the way because we live in the state, and I, I've heard all the chatter from <laughs> anywhere you go. Right. It, it's whether it's the right answer or not. It's very clear that the biggest surprise cut was Dylan Drummond because that's the one that sure. has caused the most noise. And I get it. He, he he's a, a local played boy. well enough to make the roster, and he was at Eastern Michigan. Mm-hmm. I kept joking with everybody. Well, we had to cut him, and we'll resign him because we had to prove a point because he's from Ohio. <laughs> so you can't just yeah. let him in. He's you know he's got to pay his dues. Um, mm-hmm. I'd also say without Teddy Bridgewater signing because it makes perfect sense, then Adrian Martinez might have been a shock. Mm-hmm. But um, we got Teddy B there, and he's, you, you still got Hooker, who's apparently going to come. At some point, he'll come back Off. and be the third stringer. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it, it, it makes total sense. That's right. not a surprise. So I like Chase Cota quite a bit, too. Mm-hmm. I'm going to save the guy that I think you're going to talk about. Okay. The biggest surprise <laughs> for me, personally, because I thought he earned a roster spot for sure, mm-hmm. was Starling Thomas the fifth. That's what I was going to talk about, yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Brandon Joseph, even though like he didn't really do anything, like just how how mm-hmm. – the fall of this guy. Yeah, yeah. Like Brandon going Joseph. from Oof. being like a, a Northwestern standout mm-hmm. into where Notre Dame wanted him and he didn't do much. The the, mm-hmm. the fall of Brandon Joseph is yeah. just crazy. That is nuts. I heard a lot of people be, talk about Chase Lucas around here too because from Hard Knocks they kind of right. I don't know. They kind of cracked him up, cracked everybody up. He cracked everybody up because right. he's just like I'm going to be great someday. I know it. You know what I mean? <laughs> or whatever he said. Yeah, but yeah, I, it sounds like we agree. Starling Thomas the fifth. That's a lot of speed from a guy who actually mm-hmm. played well in the preseason. And just that's to the lose. I I really really wanted him to. I'm going to go to our roster. I I don't know if like I really wanted him to make the roster. Well, I, I yeah, I don't see a world where he ends up making uh, making it back onto the practice squad. I'm hoping he does, obviously, because I feel like. There's going to be an opportunity for him because, let's be honest, there's no way every corner stays healthy for Detroit. The whole reason why they cut him was because Mosley, they decided to activate him off of the, the pup list and uh, and kind of keep him, obviously, on the roster instead. But I just feel like he's he's going to get picked up by somebody somewhere. And if he somehow makes it back to waivers or uh, through the waivers and they can sign him to the practice squad, I'd be ecstatic. What was your biggest surprise, real quick, with the Lions like roster? No, I mean outside. Of, I mean Starling was definitely you know a big piece of it, just because I really thought that he had played his way onto the team. And again, he wasn't obviously going to be playing his way into a starting spot necessarily right away. But I, I do find it interesting that at least on the our lads that uh, Jack Campbell is considered a starter right now. Yeah, and I'm so you kind of hit what my biggest surprise was. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you know that. Campbell and Anzalone and Barnes and Rodrigo are all going to get playing yeah. time. Right. I understand that Reeves, Maven, and Pittman are, you know, stud special teams players. Mm-hmm. But six inside linebackers, kind of, that really surprised me. That was an interesting it, choice. Um, but what I was going to say, though, and maybe I missed something in the, in the preseason, though, but Starling spot, in my mind, like, I'd rather have him over Khalil Dorsey. 
Sure. Yeah. I'm not arguing with you that, about that. That's that's the guy that I, I would probably take off the defense, if mm-hmm. you will, and get Starling in there. And that's what I wish would have happened. Sure. But. And you're looking at the roster as well. Like the other thing that I think was somewhat surprising uh, for some people, and certainly Craig Reynolds. Me. I got to give him a shout out. Sorry, I didn't mean mm-hmm. to interrupt you. Craig Reynolds. I, I'm a huge fan of that guy. He's a number yeah. three RB. And yeah. Well, and that was one of the things I was about to say. Like they have two running backs. You know they're not going to stay with just two running backs. They're going to bring mm-hmm. someone else back, whether it's Reynolds or somebody else back. I don't know if they did it this way because they were trying to get funky with some of the back end of their defense because they kept a lot of back end defensive players. But there's just, you, you cannot, you just can't go through an NFL season with two running backs. It's not going to happen unless you're going to take Antoine Green and Khalif Raymond and whoever else and, and you know have them jump over and play some running back for you. It's, you can't do it. Not going to happen. If you, if Last question for me, and we'll put a bow on this episode, <laughs> at least from my end. If you were to make a surprising cut for the Lions, what would yours have been? Like as far as who I would have cut personally? Yeah, that might have raised some eyebrows and people were like, mm. whoa. Yeah, no, I don't know that I would have made a move that would raise eyebrows. I feel like uh, I, I would. I, I don't know, and maybe because I didn't dig too deep in, but I was surprised to see Benito Jones make the team. Uh, not that you don't need depth at that position, but I wasn't overly wowed by him. It was a bit interesting to see them keep all of the uh, the edge rushers that they did with uh, Julian Okwara making the team and Romeo, both the Okwara brothers, but they both played well. So can't really complain about that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm going to defer to you on this one. Ah, well, you half hit it. I'm cutting both the Aquara brothers. <laughs> they had some good preseason moments, dude. Yeah, that's sweet. How long is that going to last? These guys cannot, cannot stay on the field. <laughs> Julian well, Aquara has essentially happens. done absolutely nothing in his NFL career. And how long has it been? Seriously, how long has it been since... Romeo had like that one year where he looked really good. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna look. I don't even know. <laughs> All right, so it's you're that basically long ago. you're just and you, and you know what? That's nice of you to cut them both instead of just letting one brother stay. So at least now they don't have to worry about weird no. awkward family conversations. Then get out of here, and we can bring in Drummond and Starling or something. I don't care. <laughs> or bring in Craig yeah. Reynolds too. Right, exactly. Bring a running back while you're at it. So. All right. Well, that so kinda... yeah, I, I, I'm looking at it. It was 2020. Sure. And that's like the only uh, 2018. He was okay. 2020 mm-hmm. was solid. Other than that, he's never had. He's never done anything in the NFL, and that's Romeo and Julian's done nothing. Nothing. <laughs> well, we're gonna have a lot of fun figuring out how those guys play this year to see if uh, if you keep it together. If Romeo can stay healthy, then sure. But that <laughs> we're done right. with that experiment. We'll tell you what, one of the things we were going to talk about today uh, was like the, the whole ways of how you construct a roster in the NFL, but I feel like we kind of inadvertently oh, yeah, did we... that throughout the course of the episode. And so I we'll, can give we'll you table the, some of that. I can give you the cliff notes on no? that. All right, go I don't ahead. Know that we got enough on. I can just tell you the inspiration. Give us a little TLDR there. Go for it. Um, the, the reason, and we don't, because we don't have to, it's not a full segment. Let's be honest, it wasn't. <laughs> it was just something I wanted to talk about mm-hmm. because. It kind of it kind of blew my mind because we everybody knows when you're building a roster you do quarterback you do tackle you do edge rusher those sure. are like the three big ones but after mm-hmm. that almost and this was the inspiration for it after that everybody talks about you know your cornerbacks mm-hmm. and I just I challenge 
that theory. I really okay. do. If I were building a roster, cornerbacks is not the next position for me. Um, I, it, it might there might be two or three above it. The reason mm-hmm. being is, well, I love linebackers, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I'd, I'd put a cornerback above linebacker. I was joking, mm-hmm. but I would take D linemen and wide receivers both above cornerbacks, primarily because their career windows and careers in general are longer. Sure. The only time cornerbacks play at elite level for a long period of time is like if they can transition to safety when athleticism drops. I mean, they're mm-hmm. they're primes like a three year window if they're great, and then they start to fall out of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But the main reason is is like today's NFL favor like why would it favors wide receivers? Mm-hmm. It makes it easier for them. They play longer. Like why wouldn't you ever like? I would rather have a stud wide receiver for you know close to a decade than a stud corner for three years. Sure. So I mean, almost like, are you thinking corners are the new running backs? Not quite that you know drastic. They maybe get two contracts, but after the second contract, you're basically saying bye bye. Yeah. Well, yes and no. Everything you just said. Yes. The only difference is is running backs seem to be a dime a dozen, and cornerbacks are a needle in the haystack. Like it's complete opposite. <laughs> That's the, the corner. A good stud corner is so hard to find. I understand why you need them and why you draft them high, mm-hmm. but that that fuels my argument even more. If they're so hard to find, why take shots at a cornerback who, even it, like who, the odds are you're going to miss. <laughs> so why not just go get the stud wide receiver that's way more projectable? I mean, think about it. When you're on draft day, do you feel more confident in the number one wide receiver, the number one corner? Well, this year you so felt number... better about the corner. Did I? No. <laughs> yeah, come on. But, I'm just, but you see what I'm saying, though? Like, yeah. I don't know. Like I said, it didn't need to be a full segment. No, it but was that... just me get, I just got fired up one day because it's like <laughs> if I'm a GM of a team, corner's not going to be my – it's not one of my top priorities. Sure. I don't even know if it's in the top five. It'd be cornerback. It'd be tackle. It'd be edge rusher. It'd be wide receiver and D lineman. Right. That'd be my top five. Six, mm-hmm. If we had a six pack for this episode, yeah, I'll put corners <laughs> in. But again, that's not the, the premium that other teams put on that position. Certainly not no. where the paychecks are going to the premium on that position. And uh, and again, it is an interesting way to look at things because you're basically just saying, you know what, screw it. Defense isn't as big of a deal as, as uh, we thought it should be because the way that the, the league has moved everything trending toward offense where defensive players can basically just you breathe on a guy and it's a foul. Yeah, that's I've got to be depressing for you as a defense. I almost player. like my third point the best, just your hit rate. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to miss. Right. Especially if you're up against it. If it's your first year as a GM or something, maybe take your shot. But if your team's struggling and you're a couple years in, you might want to start hitting the, the easy buttons and taking <laughs> players that can pan out and move the needle for you yeah. and you know it's going to work. But it also makes your point, though, that you're talking about how they're a needle in a haystack when you do find when you take the mm-hmm. opportunity, which is why we were both so surprised to see Gonzo fall as far as he did because we both look at him as being one of those lockdown corners you're going to yep. have for eight or nine years potentially because it's not he's incredibly athletic but he also has the technique to go with the athleticism and again he's not even necessarily as athletic as some of the other guys there but he's good enough certainly yeah, has that flow what, that's why it's pounding the table for the guy because it's, sure. it's so it's so rare that i pair, pound the table for a cornerback mm-hmm. if he busts then hey man i'll 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 accept that <laughs> I'll, I'll call myself dumb but yeah i, I don't see it all right. Well, I will be very curious to see what team gives you a call to interview them for their GM spot after listening to this show. And 
you talking <laughs> about uh, funky ways to construct rosters. I mean, maybe Arizona will give you a call. We'll see what happens. Hey, that would be fun because they got a lot of picks. I could that'd be that'd be a blast. <laughs> if you were gonna take a GM job of any team, like if you take your own personal like dreams and biases out of the mm-hmm. way, like tell me Arizona's not the spot to go. It's like a blank slate with a ton of picks. Right, exactly. And hey, who knows uh, where they're gonna be this year? They may have the first two picks in the draft, but that's way down the road. The NFL season is less than two weeks away, and some teams still have question marks. We don't have any because you get to go up north and I'm going to go up north and then south of here and all over the place because it's coming up on Labor Day, which is the unofficial start of the, or actually the official start of the college football season as well. So we are kind of wrapped up with our preseason, dude. From here on out, there's going to be a little bit of NFL prep next week, but it's full on into the season and we're going to start projecting who's going to be there starting out at the uh, 2024 NFL draft in Detroit. Oh, dude, you just got me excited. I'm leaving on that note. I can't <laughs> wait for that draft in Detroit. We'll catch you guys next week on Draft Day. Yeah.